Can you believe that Turkey Day is next week? What? I'm so excited. And then, and then, who knows what comes after Thanksgiving? I won't say it yet, because we got to honor the turkeys, but it's coming. You know it's coming. Hey, so speaking of prayer, you can pray for our dear friend Sam. He got attacked by some kind of stomach flu and is dying. He's not dying. Whoa. Alarmist. He's doing okay. He's just trying to get better. So um, I get the opportunity to finish our Anatomy of the Family series today before we go into Christmas season. So here we are. Um, uh, You might know my face. Maybe I haven't met you yet. Um, I see some new faces around here, some faces I need to meet. There's a few things you need to know about me. Um, One, I am, yes, indeed a nerd, and I wear it proudly. Um, Two, I know, my fellow nerds are here. I'm a bit of a movie buff, a little bit. Any other movie people in here? Yeah, I I love movies. I like going to see movies. I may or may not be in a movie club. (laughs) It's just the two of us. Actually, there's four of us, okay? Six, sometimes. (laughs) Um, And uh, actually... I'm really excited for this week. Anybody know what movie is coming out this week? Mumbling, mumbling, mumbling. Where are my Harry Potter nerds? That's right. My friends, Fantastic Beasts come out this weekend. I'm super excited. I may or may not be going to watch it Thursday night. Sorry, suckers. Take me with you. Yes. Um, so, yep, I, I like movies, I watch movies, I may or may not have a movie podcast where I talk about movies, I do. I know one person in this room listens to it, that's it, just one, but that's okay, maybe two. <laughs> um, but, some other movie news, well, I wasn't going to bring this one up, but some of you were talking about it in the Marvel world, anybody know? Our dear friend Stanley has passed away. That man was old, old, 1922 is his birthday, yeah. Can you imagine seeing that many years? That's insane. But Pixar also launched something else. Did anybody see it? They're jazzed. They're super excited. Yes. They... Wow. (laughs) First heard here at Citizens, (laughs) Toy Story 4 is coming out. How many of you are like super jazzed? How many of you are like, really? Can they really do it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Those of us who grew up with Toy Story, like we feel it, you know? Like, with those of us who grew up with Toy Story, when Andy went to college, yeah, it was like, (laughs) my toys, all of my toys, right? But one thing Toy Story did, or Pixar, or rather, whoever they got to do the music, movie trivia, if you can tell me, I'll give you points. This isn't middle school, I can't throw points at you. Um, But they coined this phrase, yes! You've got a friend in me, Randy Newman. You got it. Points to Scott. (laughs) You've got a friend in me, and now you're singing it in your head, aren't you? You are. 
Yes, they coined the phrase, you've got a friend in me. So what do you think we're going to be talking about today? Friends. Friends. We're going to be talking about friendship today. We've been in this series called The Anatomy of a Family, where we realize the creator gets to decide what the blueprints are, right? The creator gets to decide how things are put together, how they're made. And so when it comes to parents, when it comes to kids, when it comes to marriage, and when it comes to friendship, the designer gets to design the blueprints. And so we're talking about friendship today. And there's something that, um, oh, kids on the playground. There's something that Toy Story hits on that I think we love. It's this nostalgia of being a kid, right? It's this no worries, burden-free joy of being a child, right? And so flashback with me, will you, to the playground. Imagine the playground in your mind. Um, I myself am a Fisher's Landing grad. Any other Fisher's Landing people in here? Yes! I got one, two, three. So, yes! Grace, I didn't know that about you. We go back. Man, Fisher's Landing, I think of that, that playground. I also live in a neighborhood where there's a park in the center of my neighborhood, so sometimes I think about that playground. I actually made my first friend on that playground. I went out, uh, I moved here in 1999, in the 1900s, as some of the middle schoolers like to point out. Um, I did move here in the 1900s. And um, the first thing I did was just went to the park, and I had a stick, and I stuck it in the ground, and I made a little castle out of dirt. That's all I did. And this other girl came and sat beside me, and she said, what you doing? And I said, making a castle with my stick. And she's like, can I play? I was like, sure. I have a friend, just like that, right? Any of you have friendship stories like that? There's something about the park, right? The playground where you just know if you go, kids will come and you will be friends, right? Um, you go swing on the monkey bars or you have play a, a round of lava tag, lava tag, lava tag champs, where are you? Yes, right? And you play, and you hang out all day, and you, you leave, you say goodbye, and I just, my, my neighbor's friend, her name is Ellery, I don't know if she'd mind me saying that, um, she lived in my neighborhood, and every, every day I would be like, see ya, Ellery, do I know for sure if I'm going to see her the next day? Nope. But I'm going to go to the park, and if she's there, we're going to hang out and be friends, right? Friendship was easy as a child, was it not? You just, I don't know how it happened, by magic, some force on the playground, you just happened to find friends. You go, and they come, and you find friends. And we grow up with these experiences, right? Sometimes our parents have friends, and they have kids the same age, so we become their friends. Or we have the same recess as some people, or we're in classes with people, like you're forced to sit by somebody for like six hours a day. Might as well become friends, you know? Um, You do sports with people, and friends just come, right? You just find friends. And, but... The reality is, is like, as we grow up, we learn that friends are harder to find. Friendships don't always come the same way. Sometimes, you know, you're still hanging out with someone, um, you know, because you have the same class with them, or maybe you have, you've had the same math class with them for, like, the last three years, or maybe you happen to have the same math and English and science class with the same person. Um, but we fool ourselves if we think that friendship will always just be found. Like, we'll just show up somewhere, and friends are there, and we'll make friends. We'll show up in the same place. 
what we're going to learn tonight is that friendship is more than something that it's found. It doesn't just happen. Good friends aren't found, they're built. Good friendships don't just show up out of nowhere, out of the blue, but they're built. And some of you who are growing up are probably experiencing this. Maybe some of you who are doing Running Start, or you're not doing normal classes, or you don't have the regular rhythms of some students, you're realizing, I've got to like go find friends and make friends. How does one make friends? Does anybody wonder that? I'm not the only one. I have friend problems, apparently. Uh, how do we make friends? What does it mean to make friends? How do we build these friendships? So, like we've said, we've been looking at these blueprints that God is making for us, right? He's given us a blueprint on what parents are supposed to be like. What's their one job? To pass on the faith. Right? He's made a blueprint for kids. What's our job as students? It's to allow our parents to lead us, right? To, to listen to their voice. Um, he's given us a blueprint for marriage, right, as an example of how Christ loves us. And he's given us a blueprint for friendship. So we're going to look at that today. We're going to look at the things that are in a good friendship, the things that make up a good friendship. Are you ready? Do you want to learn about friends? Do you have a friend in the room right now? If you don't, you will have a friend by the end of the night. It'll be great. (laughs) So to learn about friendship tonight... We are going to acquire some wisdom, and we're going to acquire it from the book of Proverbs. Everyone say Proverbs. Proverbs is a book in the Bible, nearly smack dab in the middle, ish. And it is a collection of, wait for it, Proverbs, (laughs) right? It is wisdom where um, God has set up his law. He set up the way that the world works. Um, We have our first five books of the Bible, which is our law. It's the way that God has set it up. And Proverbs is like the practical working out of how does this actually work out in real life. And so we're going to see through Proverbs today, three ingredients that make up friendship. You want a recipe for friendship? I got three ingredients for you. Are you ready? Here we go. Let's look at them couple verses here. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 18, 24 says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. These are a collection of Proverbs, but there's there's a theme that threads through these Proverbs. As we look at them a little closer, we see that they both have a hint of faithfulness, right? It says a brother loves at all times, right? It says there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We see that friendship is more than just happening to be sitting in the same place as someone else or happening to look over and like, hey, you're a breathing human. Let's be friends, right? Friendship has a little more to it. It has faithfulness through seasons, through adversity. Um, And we see that our first ingredients of friendship is constancy. (laughs) I feel like I had to say that with a British accent. (laughs) Constancy. And if we say constancy, you probably don't use that word on your regular life. But it's a word that means friendship is constant, right? It's faithful. It's ongoing. It, It goes through 
seasons of change and hard seasons, right? It says a brother is born for adversity. This is a friendship that sticks through in the hard times when it's not easy, when you're going through seasons where you need to reach out for help, when you need people to come alongside of you, when things are rough, this is what that kind of friendship is like. This is more, like I said, than a friendship of just being near each other, of its convenience. Um, As we go through um, today, we're going to be looking at a few false types of friendships. False types of friendships. As we're looking at the theme of, of a constant friendship, we see that a lot of our friends sometimes are people who happen to just show up. Right? You're in gym class with someone and you're like, you're the only person that I sort of vaguely know, so do you kind of want to run the track together? Right? Maybe you're friends, or it's someone to help pass the long hours in math class. Um, I really had to make friends in chemistry because for some reason I was really bad at chemistry. So I was like, dear Lord, I have to make friends or else I won't survive. I need people to help me, you know? Um, so our first kind of false friendship that a lot of us run into is this convenient friendship. Right? These are friendships just because they're there, because they're convenient. And this isn't necessarily true friendship, right? These aren't Friendships that have been tested over time, that have the depth in it, that have the weight in it, that are willing to like go the distance with you. We see in this second proverb that there's a person who has many companions, right? A man of many companions may come to ruin. Sometimes we're surrounded by lots of people, but not a lot of friends. Have any of you experienced that? We're like surrounded by people, but if you were to like be like, are any of these people my friend? You don't know if you can answer that question. Now, granted, like I said, I was a nerd. I I, I mentioned this a lot. Um, I was in the band, so I had like 300 friends, right? <laughs> I had 300 acquaintances. You know, I knew a lot of people, but out of that crowd, like, who are those people that are going to be constant? Like, who are those people that I could call up at the end of the day? Was I just having convenient friends or maybe our second type of false friend category, just crowd friends that people were around, they happened to be there? It makes us ask ourselves, do we fill our worlds with just people? Do we just fill our world with people or do we take the hard work of getting to know people? To pushing past that awkward phase, how, like, so many of like my close friends right now had some awkward beginnings. I had one friend who our only thing in common was dogs. Yep. So the first time we sat down, we just talked about dogs for like three hours. Can you talk about dogs for three hours? We did. <laughs> and we kept meeting and we kept talking and we started asking questions of like, man, what, you know, what's on your mind this week or what's hard? And you just pushed through those hard questions, because we know it's worth it. Are we cultivating actual community? Are we cultivating people who know us, who know our stories, who know what makes us tick, who know, like, you know with your closest friends, like when when a close friend walks in the room, you can see it on their face whether they've had a good day or a bad day, you know? Because you know them, right? You, You know their story, you know what's going on. Are we cultivating that type of community 
or are we just surrounding ourselves with people? I think there's a lot of different types of people in this room right now. Some of you, um, maybe the more extroverted of us, find yourself constantly surrounded by people. Right? You always have a friend around. You're constantly surrounded by people. Some of us like struggle with having people in our lives, with making friends. But at the end of the day, when you're on your last thread, you know, and you just need that person that you can shoot that text out to and be like, help, <laughs> help, please. Like we're all looking for that kind of friendship, that five, that 10-year friendship that, with that person that you know that cares for you, that loves you, that's there for you in every season, that will pull you off the ledge when you're like, it's so worth it. Oh, I can't do this anymore. They're like, no, come back. Like, finish your math homework. You will graduate, I promise. You know, that person that will help you in those seasons who will remind you who you are, but that friendship, friendships like that take work, right? They take leaning into They take care. It's super easy to be surrounded by people. You did it today. Congratulations. How hard was it to walk in today? I feel like it was really hard. It's easy to be surrounded by people, but cultivating takes hard work. Cultivating is a word that smells like dirt. You know? Like it smells like Pulling the weeds. Ah, that is my least favorite thing to do. Anybody else? I was very thankful to have two older brothers and an allergy to everything green. Because I could be like, Mom, make Justin mow the lawn. I'm sneezy. <laughs> cultivating your lawn, cultivating your backyard takes hard work. It's, it takes pulling weeds. It takes mowing. It takes fertilizing. It takes watering. It takes work. And that is the kind of friendships that the Bible has laid out for us, these friendships that take cultivation, that take work, that take our hands getting in there, of asking, hey, what's going on? Or how can I pray for you? Or um, like showing up at their house if they're sick or helping them with homework or whatever. It takes these moments, the tough seasons, to cultivate our friendships. So our first recipe for friendship is this constancy. It's being faithful. Do we have these kinds of friendships in our life? Are we that kind of friend? Do we think about people when it's easy to forget them? Or do we lean into those relationships? Let's look at our second recipe, our second ingredient. Uh Uh-oh. There we go. So, before I get here, because these are about to be really strange. They're Proverbs. They're wisdom. They're metaphors. And these next ones are kind of funky. So, hold with me, okay? We'll get there. Okay. Proverbs 25, 16 through 17 says, If you have found honey, like Pooh Bear, eat only enough for you. He does not do that. Lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. Yes. Right. Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. You're like, hmm, are you giving me a sermon on how not to be friends? Are you telling me I can't hang out at my friend's house because they will hate me? We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, first strange proverb. 
Don't eat too much honey. Second one. This one makes more sense. It says, whoever sings a song to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. I just found the beauty of a heated fuzzy blanket. Yes, we just got one at my house. Let me tell you what, you take that thing off me, I'm going to be super mad, especially if it's cold. Whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. You need that. And like vinegar on soda. Anyone who's done a sixth grade like volcano project knows this, what's happening right here, right? Just exploding, right? And then last proverb here we're going to look at for the ingre- second ingredient. It says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death. How do you throw death? I don't even know is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, ah, I was only joking. Come on. Imagine, imagine chucking a fiery arrow at someone's face and they'd be like, just kidding. Yes. <laughs> what is happening here? What is happening in these three Proverbs, right? This really interesting thing about friendship that helps us to realize that our friendship is actually self less and not selfish. It's a friendship that is careful. It has carefulness in the way that they talk and the way that they speak and then the way they come off with things. Our second ingredients for friendship is that they a good friendship is careful, is emotionally sensitive. They're aware of how they come off to their friends. They're aware of how they sound. They're aware of how they say things. Um, and they pay attention to what's happening in that, in that friendship. So let's go back to this kind of strange proverb here. Right, the one about the honey. Don't vomit the honey. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit it. And then it says, let your foot seldom be in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. What is this talking about? Friendship is a taste of a good thing, right? Imagine friendship perhaps like an Oreo. Double stuffed. Don't cheat me on that. Double stuffed Oreo. You eat one of those things, it's magical. I just learned that Oreos are dairy-free, which makes me really concerned about what they're made of. But I don't even know. But they're delicious, okay? But imagine eating a whole, you're like, okay, one Oreo, it's so good. The recipe must be eat more Oreos, feel more good, right? What happens after you've eaten an entire pack of Oreos? You will want to vomit. And if you don't vomit, you should probably get that out of your system. (laughs) Right? Sometimes we're like this in our friendships. Right? How many of you have, like, met a new friend and then you see them every day for the next 30 days? You're like, this friend is awesome. I must spend every waking moment with this friend. So I've seen it. And citizens, right, you, you come in and you experience this kind of community and you're like, I've never experienced this type of community. And now I must be at their house every single day, six nights a week. We're in, we're in a, a, a text message group message. I have a Snapchat group message. I have an Instagram group message. I have a, does anybody use Facebook? No. <laughs> I do. <laughs> and I have to be talking to them at all given times of the day. After a while, 
after a while, don't you just get a little sick of it? You're like, I've seen this person for like 12 days in a row. I really don't want to see them anymore. I have a friend that I knew we could hang out like once. But one time, my parents were out of town for like a week for their anniversary. And I spent the whole week at her house. And we learned we are not week friends. We're day friends. We can be friends for a day, but we cannot spend a week together. How many of you have have friends like that? We're like, we're better friends if I only see you once a month. (laughs) Right? And sometimes the reason why we can feel sick is because these friendships are really just shallow. So there's a couple of friendship types, false friendship types. One of those is the FOMO friends. Yes, these are the friends that you're just really afraid of missing out on something, so you have to hang out with them all the time, right? You pull up your Insta story, and like, you're like, they're doing this, like I should be with them, and then you pull up another Snapchat story, and you're like, I should totally hang out with them, and so you just want to be out with people all the time, and it's not really depth, right? It's not really digging into that care of community or what's really happening in their lives. It's just you have to be there with them. You have to be where it's happening. You have to experience what's going on. You just don't want to miss out. So you just surround yourself by people. The other one, which I've experienced too, is what I call your meme friends. You know who your meme friends are. You literally never talk to them except for in memeage. Don't lie to me. You have those friends. You only send them like memes and like funny jokes and stuff. Now, I'm not saying don't send your friends funny jokes. I do that all the time, okay? (laughs) But after a while, if like your only communication with this person is just like Oreo after Oreo after Oreo after Oreo after Oreo, it's just memes after jokes after memes after, after a while, don't you just get bored of it? Don't you get sick of it? Like, is this person really my friend? Friendships, Don't work like that. Friendships are careful to not overdo it, right? To know your limits. Friendships last a long time when you understand boundaries, right? Emotional boundaries. And so they're careful to not always be in each other's space. They give each other space, and they're able to leave and be fine not hanging out all the time rather than being sick of each other. Right. Here's our next proverb. This is the most hilarious picture, I think. Like a madman who throws firebrands and arrows and death. I just love how that's in there. And death. Don't throw death at me. Is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. Friends are only careful about how much time they spend together, but they're also careful about what their friend is experiencing. Is this person hurting? Are they tired? Are they down? A good friend is sensitive to where the other person is emotionally. I mean, imagine this picture. Imagine this picture. You've got, first of all, if you have a legitimate bow and arrow, I want to be your friend because I want to learn archery. But imagine this guy walks in with a bow and arrow on fire and is pointing it at your face. Right? And you're like, I'm going to die. And then he's like, ah, just kidding. I won't shoot you. And you're like, what? What? And these, I think it is, I call these, 
I equivalent these, equivalent? That is not a word, but I like it. <laughs> these are what I call your roast friends. These are your friends that literally your only communication between each other is just like shooting each other down. You know? I'm like, oh, you're so dumb. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right? It's a dude voice because, well, anyway. <laughs> right? And honestly, like, you, see, you do see this, right, in a lot of young guy relationships of these people who can't get on a mature emotional level with one another, right? It's just roasting each other all the time. And it's, it's unsavory as that, you know? Like, imagine one of your friends comes to you. Imagine your friend comes to you and tells you that one of their parents has died. That's awful, right? That's terrible. And imagine just being like, oh, I bet you deserved it. Ha ha, just kidding. What? Right? A good friendship is careful for the emotions of another person, of what's going on, what is hurting them in their lives. And we see that continued with our or other proverb here, right? Whoever sings a song to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day. A good friend is able to sit with you in your pain, right? They're able to sit with you in your sadness and sit with you in what you're experiencing and be able to not have to make a joke out of everything. You know those friends that like literally cannot have a serious moment because they have to make a joke out of everything? You know? A good friend is careful for those emotions. They're able to sit with that. Um, This is on a serious note, but it won't get there just yet. But for Halloween, some of you know, I did a group uh, Halloween costume. with uh, We did Inside Out characters. I was Sadness. I love Sadness. How many of you have seen Inside Out? Great. This is going to land well. Okay. So... I mean, I don't just love sadness because she's kind of like hilarious, you know, of just, every, what, what was her thing? Like, I love crying because it makes me feel the weight of the world's problems, you know. She's, I just love sadness. But here's what I really love sadness. There's a part in this, the movie where a particular character is really upset. They're really sad. They're really upset. They can't go on because they're so upset. And Joy tries really, really hard to just make them happy. Like, look at this funny face I'm making. And look how awesome this is. And don't you think we should do this? And how about we do this? Because this is super awesome, you know? And it doesn't work. The character is super, super sad. And then sadness comes in. And what does she do? She just sits next to me and goes, man, that's really awful. I'm really sorry that happened to you. That must have hurt really bad. What is she doing in that moment? She's doing this word called empathy. (laughs) She's empathizing with the character. And that, honestly, is a picture of good friendship. Like, can we sit with our friends that are hurting? Can we have that moment of, man, that must hurt really bad. I'm really sorry that happened to you. Is there anything I can do for you? Being present with our friends. A good friend is not only constant, they're there through those tough seasons, they love constantly, but they are careful to care during those tough seasons, right? 
let's look at our last ingredient of friendship. Our last proverb today says this. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Friendships tell the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. Our last ingredient here is candor. Candor, because they all have to start with the same letter. It means truthfulness. It means honesty. Candor is this blunt truthfulness. And we realize that a good friend will tell us how it is. They'll tell it to us in love. They're not afraid to help you look in the mirror and see what you need to see. And they know it's not because they want to hurt you, but because they love you. It's interesting how these three, like, interplay together. Because if you don't have a constant friendship, like, if, that, if you're not convinced that that person's going to be there with you through everything, through your good and bad seasons, then if they're candid with you, if they're telling you the truth, it's hard to believe them, right? It's hard to take it. I have some friends that, like, to this day, I've said, like, thank you for loving me when I was awful. Because in college, I was angry and bitter, and I didn't want to make friends, and they hunted me down, (laughs) and they made me be their friend. I know that when they tell me the truth today, that I can receive that because they were there for me during those tough seasons. Right? Also, like, if you compare, if you pair carefulness with that, like, if you know that you're being careful of the emotions of the person you're talking to, then the way you say the truth changes everything. It's said in love. It's said with mindfulness of what, how the other person hears it. And so a good friend speaks the truth in love. And they know that sometimes these words are going to hurt. Criticism never really feels good. It never feels good. But there's a difference between a wound from a friend and then someone who will just hide the truth because they love you, right? It's not loving to hide something truthful that you should say to a friend. In fact, the proverb says this, that it's loving, but it, you're actually treating them like an enemy. But the wounds of a friend are faithful because they will help you. They will help you grow. It says it's like iron sharpening iron. And iron sharpening iron is an is intense process, right? There are sparks flying. It's hot, right? It's, you will get burned in the process. There's a lot of friction going on. I mean, if any of you have ever had a healthy conflict with someone, you know that, like, after the shouting match, somehow you're better friends. Anybody experienced that? I had an intense conversation once at, like, an olive garden. I felt really bad for the waiter because we were just like, rah, rah, rah. And she's like, rah, rah, rah. And I was like, yeah, but this. And she's like, okay, but this. I'm like, okay. And we're just like at it. And then after that day, that day was a pivoting point of our relationship because it's like, we're friends now. We worked it out. This is, what, this is what it's like, iron sharpening iron. Sometimes it hurts. Sometimes there's friction. But if we tell the truth and we tell it in love and not out of selfishness, not out of like, well, I just really need you to fix yourself, right? If you're telling the truth in love, it can be really sharpening. It makes us all better. So these are our three ingredients for friendship. 
We have faithfulness. We have this constancy. We have the carefulness. We care for the emotions of others, of where they're at. And we speak honestly. And these things are not easy. It's hard to make friends this way. It's hard to push past those awkward moments. It's hard to ask the hard questions and the honest truth. But these are the friendships that the Lord has called us to build. And we won't just find them. Good friendships aren't just found. They won't just happen. They're not of convenience or of crowd, but they're built. And it takes our hands and it takes our hearts engaged to care for one another. How often do you ask a friend of like, what can I pray for you about? Or like, what's the hardest thing in your life right now? And do we follow up with those prayers? Do we care enough to speak what's going on, to see what's going on in their life and speak truth to them? How are our friendships going? If you could look at, whoop, welcome back to that. If you could look at these three things, how are you doing in those areas? How am I doing in these areas? Which is the one that is the hardest thing for me? Do I exemplify these qualities? Do my friends exemplify these qualities? Am I willing to put in the hard work to build friendships that look like this? If you want more than just people who will exist in the same space with you, if you want more than just people who sit next to you and have a heartbeat, I implore you, I encourage you, I challenge you to build these kinds of friendships. If you want to experience the brotherhood and the sisterhood in Christ that we have as the people of God, this is what it takes. This is God's blueprint. And what I love is that we're not left without an example. Jesus was a super good friend. And in his last night with his best friends, his 12 disciples, he told them what friendship looks like, what it really is. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. For greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And I have called you friends. Oh, the creator of the universe says, I call you friend. Not I call you servant or not I call you the one that does my bidding. He says, I call you friends. And after telling this to his friends, he went and proved it to them. He died on the cross. He laid down his life for his friends so that they could have life, so that we could have life. We could live a different kind of life that he would take our sin, that he would take our brokenness and he would give us a new life, that we would no longer be called enemies of God, but that we could in fact be called friends of God. It's because of Jesus is the only reason we can be called friends of God because he gave us his righteousness and took our sin. Suddenly friendship means so much more. If Jesus calls us friends, if Jesus put this much weight on friendship, that it's self-sacrificial, that it's giving up your life for another, we ought to make these kinds of friends. We ought to give up ourselves for our friends. And we'll never be perfect friends. Sorry. I've tried it. It doesn't work. (laughs) 
You'll never find a perfect friend. I've also tried that. It doesn't work, <laughs> right? You will never be a perfect friend. You'll never find a perfect friend. But we have a perfect friend in Jesus. So for those of you in here who maybe you feel, maybe this message is actually really hard for you because you feel the ache of lacking friends. You feel the ache of like, I don't have that person who will be with me through it all. First, I want to tell you that Jesus is a better friend. Jesus is the best friend. He will not leave you. He is with you through eternity. He cares for you and he will speak the truth for you. And he wants you to have friends. He wants you to be in community. There's many seasons in my life where I've had to like pray that God would bring me friends. And he is faithful to do so. So if that's you, maybe that's your prayer tonight. Maybe uh, us of in here, we look at these three things and we go, I am not a good friend. I'm just not. I don't do this well. I'm really bad. I'm personally really bad at like uh, emotional care. I'm kind of like, someone could like be crying in front of me and I'm like, oh, what do I do? (laughs) You know? Some of us look at this and we're like, what do I do? But Jesus is the better friend. And he's given us his grace to become better friends. And so tonight, if this is you, if there's one of these areas um, that you want to work on, right, one of these things that you say, Lord, change this in me. There's just a quick prayer for each of these. So for those of us who need to grow in faithfulness, we say, God, help me to grow in depth and in faithfulness. For those of us like me who need to learn some compassion, who need to learn some empathy, says, Lord, help me be sensitive and compassionate to others' needs. And then the last one, for those of us who maybe speak the truth and not love, or for those of us who are afraid to speak the truth, say, God, help me to speak the truth with love. I would love for someone to come and experience this community and experience friendship like they've never experienced before with people who actually care about what's going on in their lives, with people who are there not just when things are going right, but when things are going wrong, and people who will speak the truth. I think we can be this as citizens. I don't think we can do without Jesus. (laughs) And he's given us his example, and he's given us his grace to do it. So as the band comes up, think about one of these prayers and ask yourself, which prayer do I need to pray today? God, help me to be a friend. Help me to build your kingdom. Help me to be a friend like you've called me to be, that like Jesus was. Help me to be like Jesus. So think about one of these prayers. <clears throat> And let's stand up all over the room. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll we'll sing some songs together. But as I pray, think through which prayer do you need to pray today? Lord God, we thank you for your word. 
God, we thank you that your word touches on things that may seem so simple and normal in our lives, something like friendship, something that's so daily, something that's so real, something we experience. God, you care enough about us to write us a blueprint on what it means to be a friend, on what it means to be in relationships with other people. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he showed us what it looks like to be a true friend. We thank you that Jesus laid his life down for his friends. And we thank you that we can be called friends of God because of Jesus. So Lord, would you help us? Would you widen our hearts? Would you give us compassion? Would you help us to care? God, would you help us to mature in our friendships, to go beyond the jokes, to be going beyond the surface, to go beyond just having a good time and really looking into the heart of our friends, into their lives, to what they need. Would you help us to give care? We thank you that you love us and we pray that you would help us to love each other like you love us.